Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown joined myself and Simon as we started with a look back at a poor night for Everton in their fight for Premier League survival. Meantime, an apology from Simon for one top flight manager, but a rather harsh assessment of another. Watch the Everton game last night. Um, well, I was pinging around Jim from match to match. Yeah, of course, Tottenham um, playing Man U. Yeah, Bournemouth. Well, the capitulation from yeah. Everton. Quite stunning. It was. The fans exiting the stadium. Uh, Isak's dribble and run. <sighs> Terrible. Unbelievable. Did you see it, Simon? I did the same as Martin. I was. Had a, a, an interest in seeing how Tottenham performed and if they would do it in front of their own fans, which of course I knew the players wouldn't. Um, and so I was flipping back because of the timings, and obviously the Tottenham game kicked off twenty minutes, half an hour later than than the Everton game. Yeah. So I got to see I got to see Everton competing in the game for a period, and then I got to see Newcastle take it away from them as much as Everton weren't good enough to compete with them. Well, I mean, Evertonians all over the country this morning, Martin, must be depressed. They must be heads down because it's now one win in the last 10. And as a couple of questions coming out of this, Martin, well, there are many questions coming out of it. One, are they they heading for the championship? You know what? They might be. What's happened to the Sean Dyche factor and the the key difference of that Goodison crowd? Uh, Dyche spoke afterwards. For those who don't know, and there must be very few if you follow football, Newcastle did a job in Everton last night. 4-1 they won. The final goal, the, the fourth goal, was an incredible bit of individual skill from Isak leading up to the finish. But Sean Dyche spoke post-match. His head's down all right. Very disappointed in the end. Um, I thought the first half we were did everything that I wanted, other than concede, did everything that I thought was right about the performance against a, a good side in Newcastle. Uh, you know, mixing our play, the energy, pressing... I thought it was all there. Other than the goal, like I say, we, I think we could have prevented that earlier on in the move, but um, we scored a, a, a near goal, obviously, with a, a fine bit of play just for half-time. Um, and then second half, we started bright, but the, as soon as the second goes in, which is a really poor goal defensively, and then it's how quickly the game gets away, and we can't let that happen. It happened against Fulham, and the whole performance changed on one goal, and it happened again tonight, so we've got to correct that very quickly. Martin, you, you mentioned the word capitulate. Is that the biggest worry that they've got? That they seem to call time in a game long before the 90 minutes are Yeah, and, a, and at home, good as some faithful there. Usually, I mean, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, to see what happened, as I say, I was flicking from channel to channel. Yeah. Jim, when you look at their fixtures and you think, well, 
the game now against Leicester is just absolutely enormous. You know, huge pressure. That's going, Monday, go, isn't it? It's yeah, live in Talksport. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's Brighton to follow, Man City, Wolves, Bournemouth. Um, where's that win going to come from? You know, it's going to have to be another incredible finish like it was last year. Um, they're in real trouble, Jim. I mean, I think the luck's running out. That That's a problem. It's 69 consecutive seasons in the top flight, Simon, for Everton. But is this the time they buckle and go down? Well, they're in a difficult moment in a difficult position. But they've still... I mean, I think 34, 35 points will get you into safety. And albeit that looks like there's a variety of teams that are picking up form. Forest have got a win, their first win in a significant period of time. And Leicester have got a little bit of momentum that peaks and troughs. I still would not write Everton off, not because I want to not not because I want to alight upon the observation that I've made that Sean Dyche is the savior. I still think they're better as a result of Sean Dyche than they would have been if Frank Lampard had stayed. I think they'd be gone now if Frank was still, they'd already be gone without the fact they've got five games to go. What now, are you seeing Simon? That maybe Evertonians aren't seeing. I don't think you, well, you can't price into the outcome yesterday. The Goodison Fortress is one thing, but when you're playing a team like Newcastle United that are in an irresistible vein of form, they've just handed Spurs their backside 6 1. Yeah. There was no surprise that in the game that they gave, I would not have picked Everton to 1 last night, irrespective of the fact they needed to win. And there was a big emphasis on the fact that people wanted them to win and expected some better outcome. Newcastle are the form team in the division at this moment in time alongside Manchester City. Uh, and a team that can turn up and do a number on anyone. On anyone at any given time and might have even challenged Man City at this moment in time because of the confidence and belief that these players have. True. So with that in mind, you can't denote the outcome of Newcastle. As I, said. I watched the game, I thought Everton competed for a period of time and then it got away from them. Then it got. Then the game got away from them, and Callum Wilson scores a great goal and takes it further away from them. True. And then that was it. Yeah, there was no coming back. Jim, yeah. it is a bum fight though down there, isn't it? When you look at all the other fixtures, the players down. It's, you just got to get the points you need to scramble out to mm. safety. You tell. You always tell us, Martin. I mean, obviously Arsenal was your club, but you were so proud to pull on the Everton shirt as well and the Villa shirt. But with Everton. You, you had a good relationship with the fans. Oh, it's a very together and, club. And you've very. told me often about the passion Definitely. that they I mean, have it has for a their great football history, club. Hey, great history, great rivalry with Liverpool, great people that exist there, uh, great teams over the years. So they're a very proud club and they wouldn't want to go down. Of course they wouldn't. But, I mean, Leeds are the same. I'm looking When you start looking at the other team's fixtures, you think, well, where's the win coming from, Jim? Yeah. Because yeah. Leeds just have to play Man City, Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs as well. You yeah. know, they're, they're all very difficult situ situations. So you've got to get your... Act together. Of all of them, would Everton, Everton be is the, worrying at the moment the yeah. way that they're playing. Jim. Would they be the biggest name to drop? You just think Everton's synonymous with top flight, but maybe this time, God, they've gone. Yeah, I mean, you, Leicester's a big one as well, Jim. You know, when you look at the the, the money that they have, they're turning over, they're in the top twenty wealthiest clubs in the world. Mm. You know, most of the Premier League clubs are. I know it but, tends uh, to happen, doesn't it? The more you flirt with the bottom of the table, the eventually it catches you, mm. and you see teams now. Everton have flirted with it. And they flirted it with it and they got away with it last year. And so it does feel like if you keep on staring into the abyss, eventually you'll be in it. Um, and it looks to me that Everton have got a tall order on their hands. And you look at Forest and you think, well, Forest were gone in my mind. Then they get a result that you know that was a perfect timing. Fate comes into play. Brighton play an FA Cup semi-final. They get knocked out and after 120 minutes and penalties, they come to the next game. They're not the same Brighton that's been playing all season. So Forest do a number on them. Then they get Brentford. Brentford have got not that much to play for. Then they've got the big game. And who have they got? Bottom of the table, Southampton at Nottingham Forest, the fortress that Nottingham Forest will rely on. And you'd expect Forest to take that game and win it because of the sheer nature of that game. Yep. And all of a sudden, Forest are out of the mix because they've got 
six points out of nine out of a possible nine and twelve, and the games are foot. Yes, and Leicester and Leeds and Everton are the ones that are starting to look if, like the real... Yeah, so the what people. about the Sean Dyche factor, Sam? We haven't seen it. But I, I think we have seen it. Um, see unfo- it. Unfortunately, what we've, not, what, we, what we've got is a situation where we can't compare something that's now gone. My argument would be, if they'd have left it with Frank Lampard, they would now be gone. So Dyche has given them a puncher's chance by the very nature of him being there. But how, I've got to say with respect, Sam, how relevant is that? Because they're Cause still be gone. scrapping for the very Cause they, life. Because they'd be gone. Because we'd be talking about 33 games, Everton on 21 points, and Everton sitting in, or 22 or 23 points, sitting in the bottom of the table, looking at no other space besides the championship. Now they've still got a chance with a manager that knows his way around this part of the division, that's got the fortitude and the looking, resilience to overcome certain things. Yeah, but, and he needs people like Calvert-Lewin and other players to start turning up now. Yeah, so the next fixture uh, away at Leicester... Is the one that they have to look a, at, and we, even, they even have a point. To, but but Brighton, Man City, Wolves, Bournemouth. Okay, you got, do you want to be going to Bournemouth to have to win that game to stay up? If it's the last game of the season and Bournemouth are already safe, yeah. Where are their players' mentality? Are their players' mentality? I'm a professional footballer. I'll do my job, but have I got to do that extra bit? That staring into the abyss. I'll fight anyone to win mentality. Probably. Everton will have it. Yes, their fans will have it, but yeah. Bournemouth won't because Bournemouth are almost out now. They're almost done. It's yeah, but it might be fixture. over by the last be game of the season. Fixture. It could be over by the last so that, game of the season, Simon. Well, I, listen, if you've got 28 points and we're talking about 34 and you can nick two or three points out of the next four games pre- preceding that, which maybe you can beat Wolves, maybe you can get a point at Leicester. Yeah. Then you've then you've then you then you get three points at home to stay up because thirty five points will keep you up. Oh well, you know what? I mean, Daichi will take this. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Uh, Everton gone. Well, it could well end up that way. Sad to see it. If if that happens, though, Martin, it's likely that Bournemouth will end up surviving. Bournemouth have done an incredible job, have they not, Martin? Uh, under Gary O'Neill, they've been fine for their lives. They've now moved to seven points clear of safety uh, after beating Southampton last night. I mentioned it briefly. We'll hear from O'Neill later. But is he moving into manager of the year territory? Mm, look, it's an incredible job he's doing. I mean, you think Scotty Parker was sacked, wasn't he, very early in, in the season? Yeah. After getting hammered, I think, was it by Liverpool? Um, I had them down to go down, Jim. So, you know, okay, they just maybe, um, I think 36 points might even just be enough. Maybe they're looking at another result to get, think, to get them. I think they're safe. To get them completely there. I never had any doubt. Safe. I never had any doubt. Yeah. I always thought Gary O'Neill would deliver the outcome. No, he's done remarkably well. I was absolutely straight out of the gates. I don't think he's you a solution. You should be ashamed of I should, yourself. That was absolute, total and utter misrepresentation on my part. I was the first one out of the gate to turn around and say, no, not the right decision. Absolutely categorically wrong. And well done to him. Yeah, well done to him because wasn't it? he's done. He's done. He's done the job that they've asked of him to do. This American ownership model that changed in November have got bleeding lucky because they didn't make a decision. They inherited a decision that was already there, and ultimately he's worked for them and he's produced an outcome for them. And they owe him a debt because he's kept that group of players together. Scott Parker told everyone that they were not good enough to do anything. They haven't had that much investment in January. They probably would have got the same investment if Scott Parker had been there. And the outcome has been that he's produced a group of players that have done their jobs. They've done their jobs and he's done his and he deserves to get all the plaudits. Three of the last four games he's won. Absolutely. Incredible. And they were were unlucky to lose to Arsenal. Yeah. 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 Certainly were. That's when the form really turned Mm. there, wasn't it? Mm. Well, it's worked for him and last night, you could argue, at this early stage, it's worked for Ryan Mason in charge of Tottenham until the end of the season. Two down to Manchester United. They came back and got themselves a point. I mean, 
Martin, do you think Spurs fans, and we'll hear no doubt from a few of them this morning, do you think they see a requisite response from the players to right the wrongs of what was an absolute debacle at the hands of Newcastle? It, well, it was, but I thought it was a very good recovery second half, which, again, I did watch last night. I thought they looked much better, Jim. Harry Kane probably has one of his best games of the season. Uh, and they dug in, they showed up, they played for the shirt. There was a pride. About we time, saw though. that was disappeared a little bit. Yeah. But I'm still looking at this and thinking, well, at the weekend we got Liverpool versus Spurs. And that, for me, is a huge game. I see Liverpool, by the way, maybe, maybe catching Manchester United. Don't mm. sit comfortably, Manchester United. The way If you're going to throw that thing away, and people say Arsenal throwing away an opportunity to win the Premier League, mm. what are Manchester United doing? Because there's too many... There's, they look vulnerable at times, Manchester United. There's not the consistency there that you'd expect. And I think Liverpool are just starting to purr. With, with Trent Alexander-Arnold playing in that midfield role, they are now a possession-based team, Jim. Just about yeah. got past Nottingham uh, Forest the other day, though, didn't they? Yes, right. yes, but they're scrapping as well and they're not doing all so bad, are they? Having beaten Brighton. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, let's be honest about Spurs players. It's the least they could do. I mean, at half-time, Ryan Mason was told to put the kettle on and the players decided what they were going to do. This was nothing to do with Ryan Mason. It's to do with the players. They oh, that's, uh, Simon, they wouldn't that's have hard. They would, no, no, I'm sorry. This was this group of players are... What, are you tell me they're not playing for Ryan? I'm t they're playing for themselves. They wouldn't dare put a performance out in the second half like they did at Newcastle. They wouldn't dare in front of their home fans... They lifted a leg. Romero, lift, they all lifted a leg. They all were at it. They all it's across disrespectful, it. disrespectful, isn't it? No. Ryan, Ryan the, Mason, of course he plays his part. No, nah, no. Nah, he was told to so, put the kettle So if they lose, That's you, nice if they lose you yeah. can blame him, can't you? The new manager No, because I wouldn't have blamed him either. Because it would. It was never, ever, ever about anything other than the players. For whatever reason, the players didn't like Stellini. Maybe he was a legacy of Conte. They didn't like him either. They didn't fancy it. They didn't do it. Now, they fancied it a little bit more because they were not going to be prepared to have the conversation turn away from Levy, get out of our club which was going on in the ground, which was very constructive, onto the players. And if they'd have turned out a second-half performance when Man, City kicked, uh, Man United had kicked on and got three and four, that place would have gone toxic against the players. They knew that they had to apply themselves, and they got the perfect team to do it against it, because United are a bit flaky at times. Well, surely yeah, that would be the... What do you think the message was from Ryan at half-time? Oh, time? I'm sure... I'm sure, so the I'm sure the message from... He played his part, I'm sure Simon, the surely. I'm sure the You're saying he played no part. I'm sure the message from Stellini was, go out there and stink the place out and get done five in the first 20 minutes. That wasn't his message. His message, but they didn't listen to his message because they didn't want to hear it and they were going to do what, precisely what they wanted to do. Now, what, what um, Ryan Mason could have done was QWERTY, 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 and they'd heard what they wanted. They decided, the players, amongst themselves, that they were going to avail themselves. Now, I'm sure that Ryan what, Mason... What, the players play when they want, they play when they don't, and don't play when they don't want? Absolutely. Absolutely, so, categorically, so he, undeniably. So he didn't make significant changes taking Richarlison off, Kulicheski on. It, I, I'm sure the there were some contributing factors. I'm talking well, about the main component part. part the, well, listen. No, but did I say it? You're being as disrespectful to Ryan Mason as you were to Gary O'Neill some weeks ago. No, yes. I just believe that the main the main culprits, the main culprits, I heard you, Luke, uh, the main culprits <laughs> of this were the players and the main protagonists to change it were the players. Now, Ryan Mason is a passive and nice and comfortable voice for them to hear. You don't know that in the dressing room. You I'm don't know listen, that at halftime. You can, you, can, you, you, you can work out someone's personality most of the time when you spent time with them, which I have with Ryan because he's a very nice fellow. I've done broadcasts with him. You can see the manner in which he interacts. You can see the way he interacts with the media. He's a nice, unassuming, 
pleasant fellow. So what, those are you saying like Ten Hag, the suit doesn't fit? So those players, hmm. at the time, I looked at Ten Hag and said, the body language of a leader doesn't exude from this individual. He doesn't hold his shoulders back and push his chest out. I know, but a lot of these comments have come back to Smacky in the Mush, Simon. The O'Neill one, the Ten Hag one. Well, Ryan yeah. Mason, you don't think if, Ryan if Mason you had any if, impact if you make, If you make enough night. observations and you're strident about them, you're going to get some of them wrong. Right? And there's no problem with that, because it's better than sitting on a fence. At least you have a decision to make. Right? Now, with Ryan... with with, with Ryan Mason, Martin there? With, so, with, no, I wasn't. So just, just with Ryan Mason, so if they make it into the top four... Yeah. Does he become a consideration to no. give the job to? No. But does he take credit for getting the Yes. Of course. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Well, what, you his agent? No, I, no I, but I, I just I, about respect for would, people who are getting results. No, I think you've got to look. It's not disrespecting Ryan Mason. What it's doing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen to it. You, 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 maybe the language I've used is a little bit hyper, hyperbolic. Right? Try go, again. Yeah, it's like go put the but kettle here's on, the, Here's the real thing. We know, and you know as a footballer, those players decided they were going to play in this game and they were going to do whatever was required. Right? And if they hadn't decided that, whatever Ryan Mason could have said to them, he could have, done, he could have given his best Lord Kitchener moment, right? and they still wouldn't have done it unless they chose to. The players themselves put their best foot forward because they knew what was waiting for them if they didn't. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Wasn't fun the other night, Martin, at the Etihad. You were there, I was there. If you're an Arsenal fan, it must have been a pretty darn long journey back because Manchester City won and they were magnificent, Martin. I think you conceded in the night. 4-1. There was no doubt about it. The night belonged to City. Yeah, I mean, this is um, one of the best Premier League teams we've ever seen. And um, I thought we were looking at... I mean, I thought Burkamp and Henri was one hell of a partnership for Arsenal back in the day. But in De Bruyne and Haaland, it was, maybe it's gone to another level. Uh, Haaland's such a young man. He terrorised Arsenal's defence. De Bruyne's movement... I, I thought Pep Guardiola was was quite magnificent because I watched very carefully the games, Jim, in the build-up, the two previous matches. Yeah, I was concerned about Arsenal pressing high and what might happen if you leave them in a one v one situation without Saliba involved. Uh, but City had fine-tuned that system, 
and made sure that in the previous game, the goalkeeper was trying to hit the balls long and in, in the end, it was Stones, a lovely little ball in. Haaland creating space for himself, the way he would occupy two central defenders, really clever. Um, but De Bruyne making the difference because it was it was Haaland who, who was assisting De Bruyne to make the runs from deep. Party wasn't going with him. So Arsenal were in disarray and they weren't, on another day, obviously now they would learn from it. So but I have right to say that Pep yeah. Picked out the tactics for that gym. Oh, yeah, and Arsenal couldn't cope. But that was, yeah, City were bloody good on every front, yeah. But let's talk Arsenal. Have Arsenal got the psychological strength to keep this title race going? Well, what I'm trying to do here is to acknowledge the greatness of Man City and what Arsenal are up against. And we agree. We, yeah. we accept that. But I think, Jim, the problems didn't just start at Man City. Recently, Arsenal's conceded 11 goals in the last four games. The momentum was lost at Anfield. It's a very momentum's really important. If you go to Anfield and you win, that was the one, Jim. When they came back into that game, and we'll applaud Liverpool for that. Arsenal now left looking at, at needing favours from other teams, as City got. They would, they couldn't have believed it. Sat at home watching Arsenal throw away an opportunity to win at Anfield, throwing away an opportunity. Yeah, but you know, look, they gave it their all, Jim, and we can see that the squad is not strong enough. Yeah. The 11, it, what's, what's really sh a shame was if we, we didn't get a chance to see Saliba, and even with Saliba, by the way, in the team, it would have been very difficult for him as well. That's how good City of are. Of course, of course, we accept that. But nonetheless, but it was know, a blow for us. I know the likes of Rio Ferdinand was leaning on you the other night, so I'll lean on you now. Mm -hmm. Failure, choking, bottling, those are the kind of words that are being thrown about about Arsenal in some section, in some quarters, Martin. Undeniably, that's the case. Is there progress in failure? Look, of course there is because they're, they're, they look at where they come from from this time last year, Jim. We were, we slipped out of, of fourth place this time last year to Spurs. We've now secured Champions League position. The number of points they have, the number of matches they've won, um, it's just about getting to the next level, Jim. Having enough, enough winners in the group in the pack, and if you look at, I mean, look at the copious amounts of central defenders that Man City had to choose from the other night. Arsenal, look, nothing against holding, but it was always going to be difficult for him. I think he was fearful that he was going to get, give away an early uh, yellow card. But looking back, he maybe should have done that in the challenge that led up to the first goal. So it's about building for Arsenal, getting a squad that can actually go the f go all the way. At the moment, they've gone some of the way, Jim. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you called Arsenal winners the other night and Ferdinand pulled you up in that. Yeah, now, I was thought, he right I, to I pull think, you up in that? Was, no, I, because think he, I think he was out of order. I think it was completely out because what the way that they're building, Jim, you have to win tackles, you win headers, you win matches, you go on a run, you win trophies. The only thing missing is for winning trophies at Arsenal at the moment. That's what they need to do. But we've had a chance to fight. We've been in the race. And for many years, Arsenal haven't. So we can applaud that. The Arsenal thing. But is that we, as good as it gets? We've been in the race. No, no, no. It's going to go bigger, Jim. For people like you, and I can feel it, I can sense it in you, that's it for Arsenal. No, 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 it's not. It's just the beginning. And this, we need winners now. And this, they're going to they're start to identify the targets they're going to They're going to get stronger players. Not, they're going to have rugged central defenders, just not just two that play on the side. The rest of them will be as well. The squad will grow and build. And this is the beginning. I'm convinced Arteta will do something special if they can keep him there. But we need... We, look, if they again, can keep him there. Well, there's, they've, got to, they've got to make sure they secure his future but Martin, and then wait, build from there. Look, look further afield. City might get stronger next of season. Of course Newcastle. Are right in it so and we all, will improve. So do we all give up then when City no. get better? No. no. Newcastle, I think it will be really tough for them next year to try and re-establish themselves and do what they've done this year, Jim. Because they've been unbelievable. Isak's the icing on the cake. Look at him last night. But they've got to go and do it again. Now, they've got an incredible atmosphere for their home games. I see that. But away from home, it could be tricky for them. 
Do you think so Rio was a bit tough on Martin the other night? Yeah, but I mean, listen, if Rio Ferdinand... Are words like choking feel your bottling tough? Well, if you Rio didn't say Fer- that, though. You did. Well, if Rio Ferdinand and the rest of the Man United acolytes in the media want to talk about bottling, then they can look no further than their own club because they've had plenty of opportunities to review that particular outlook and attitude against Sevilla, against, um, against Liverpool, against Manchester City, against Brentford against other sides, right? So let's get the consequences of the observations right. There is little doubt that Arsenal have installed a winning mentality in in that football club. Whether the ultimate win is going to be theirs, probably not at this moment in time. But to to suggest that they aren't building a winning mentality in the football club and they aren't a group of winners is a stupid analysis by Rio Ferdinand. What Rio was trying to say... He was trying to say that to be a winner, you have to win a trophy. And what well, I was saying, ultimately, what I was saying do. was that we've checked, the culture has changed at Arsenal, and that's a win. It, Winning is all relative. We spun it round. They, Jim, we've gone through Urzel people. Well, our scores and Fernand just playing the Manchester United card on you at the moment because they know that that's what like well, your they, fuse. They, well, so they, they maybe the man, not the game. The game is our Arsenal, a winning football club, moving towards an outcome. The answer in my mind would be yes. So they played the man, not the game. Are they tweaking you because of, of what they did at United? I don't really care what they're doing. I'm focusing on Arsenal Football Club. That's the club that I love, the club that will, will always be in my heart. And I always but it clearly want gets to you, well. doesn't it? It got not you really. the other night. I mean, maybe I'm playing them a little bit because I don't know if Man United are going to finish fourth. I'm looking at Liverpool and I seriously think Liverpool can catch them. Jim, they've got a game in hand, Liverpool. And if you look at the fixtures that Manchester United have, it doesn't. It's not going to be easy. But they're sitting there thinking that it's going. It's theirs. I don't know. If where it is. Arsenal, where Arsenal did not lose the opportunity to win this league by getting handed their head in two games by Man City. They got beat at home for a variety of different reasons. Offensively, they weren't strong enough at home, and then they got beat away because defensively they weren't strong enough. Right. So the two ends of the pitch were the two conundrums they had in both games, because they didn't have the strength of attack against Man City when they only had Enketier, and they didn't have key components of the central defensive unit. They lost the opportunity to win this league, and they have to focus on why did they not? Why were they not able to overcome and 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 deal with Liverpool's assault upon them? Six why, points lost. Yeah. In why three could they games have not dealt with West Ham, and why could they have not dealt with Southampton? That's where That's Arsenal need to look. look at it. It was in their hands. After all this, Martin, I think the question that comes out of it is if Arsenal are going to try and bridge the gap and the gap is a gulf when it comes to Manchester City, how do they do it? Well, it's not it, their problem for City was themselves this year. It's they a gulf between the they two. They weren't motivated enough, and that's the problem it's for Pep. Golf. He's, 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 he can beat Jim. Sammy the they, other night, it was a golf. In that moment in time, if they win, the, if everyone wins their last uh, four or five games, right, and City win all their games, City will win the league by four points. They won the league previously by 19, 20 points. The gulf isn't quite as wide as you think it is. Arsenal need to keep making it difficult. Make it difficult. They've got to go to Fulham. They've got big games coming up in the Champions League. They want to get this boxed off. Then they've got a couple of home games. So they'll see the Fulham game as the one that wins them the Premier League. But they do also have to question themselves as well because this was a heavyweight contest and only one heavyweight turned up in that match. Right. And Arsenal have to look at themselves and work out why because there was a reason that they were outplayed and they were outfought and they were outfought in every aspect. And central defenders like Rob Holden, you don't need to single out, but they were terrified of Haaland. They didn't lay a glove on him and they didn't compete in that game. And then you give away goals like Odegaard that gives away the third goal for no reason. For no reason, knocking passes into players to Man City to give opportunities to the team. Arsenal were as bad as Man City were good. And then when you've got that gap on an individual game, like Arteta said, Man City were operating at the highest level. We were operating at a different level. And that gulf is so vast. And you don't think, man, that there's any danger of them folding at this point in? <laughs> what? They're not, they're not going to... They're not going to... Because various people are suggesting, mind you, fans of other clubs, Richie, a Liverpool fan, Arsenal choked, man, against the bottom club and West Ham. They're, they're showing signs of choking at the moment. What they've done is admirable, but they've choked. 
They have to adjust and they get, they've got to win to get the next game, Jim. Chelsea um, will be seeing that as a great opportunity for them to bounce back. Look at the problems, the adversity that they've had. They'll be, they'll be, hoping, they'll be hoping that they can beat Arsenal at home. Can Chelsea bounce anywhere at the moment? Well, no. But there be some result. But Arsenal just don't play without fear, Jim. Just go and yeah. put put City under pressure. Let's see what City do first. I mean, look, be nice if someone did Arsenal a favour. I don't see much of that going on. When you look at the way that Why should they? look at the way West Ham played, yeah, to stop Arsenal from winning the Premier League. Come That's, on, who's going to do? Who's no, going to do no, them? A, West Ham played that play way for themselves. Yeah, yeah, but the local they don't want their local rivals to win it. They didn't want to be in a relegation zone. Don't go in I that think direction, their fight man. Was based upon that, no one's yeah, going to do you a favour. Why would they? No. But let maybe let's see what happens with Fulham. What I noticed the other night, Martin, was that Rob Holding came in for a bit of flack after the game. Now, of course, mm. he's in there and he's doing his best because Saliba is not. But is it right to make him any kind of a scapegoat? I would say not because can anyone cope with Haaland defensively at this well, moment? This is absolutely right. You've got to look at levels and you've got to look at what, what they're playing against now, these young central defenders and we can as ex-players give them pointers and we can give them uh, come help or where they can be um, but I, I was asked that question before the game and I was thinking to myself mm. the only thing I'm thinking about is, is Haaland and my first impact on him my first challenge and that was pretty well the first opportunity to lay down a marker that ball that ball that was played into him and then what would you have done? well I'd have been more physical and I might have actually tried to get in front of him because what he was trying to do was he was pushing back pushing back to establish where he wanted to be on the pitch and then the ball into his chest, into his feet, was then going to be easy. And it's at that moment, that's when you need to contest. Not when the ball comes. You need to get in front or get on alongside. And then you make it difficult. But you obviously you run the risk of um, of actually getting turned or missing out because he's very powerful, he's very strong. We know it's, it's, it's quite unique. Perhaps I didn't have to play against anybody with this skill set of, uh, of this kind of pace, this kind of finishing. Who's the nearest uh, individual to him that you played against? I don't know. I played against a lot, Jim. Uh, Batistuka was um, was a big man, was strong, didn't have this pace, but he had the control to with his back to goal. Played against Kennedy Galglish, who was probably the best person I played against in protecting the ball, as Haaland does. Um, Henri was definitely quicker, but not much quicker. So when you look at that, all of that package is quite default, de uh, difficult yeah. to play, and you've got to yeah. be some defender to be able to deal with it. But you've got to have the right mindset first. Yeah. And I think, you know, he could have actually tried to sneak it in front, pinch it, make it more difficult for him. On, on that, uh, Martin, your old pal Saul Campbell was talking about Haaland, how he might or might not have coped with him. I would not allow him to kind of get into the lane because once he's in that lane, it's hard to kind of get him off that lane. Get in that lane, disturb his running. Yes, they can. you, cannot, you can't play and you can't defend every scenario but for me don't allow that space behind you as a, a defender always block it off but don't block it off and stop block it off and run and, and change the position because the picture keeps on changing there's a lot of running to do in this game and you've got to be prepared to run but virtually what you're saying Martin actually yeah. you know he would get in his lane you were saying you were getting in front of him disrupt him there's lots of things that you can do Jim as a as a back four as a you can drag the line forward you know you can get in front of him you can be along the side alongside him I used to like to take that little bit of a triangle sort of situation just to the so if I was playing on the right side the right side center half I'd just be to the right of my center forward where I can actually I can swing that right foot to try and make a challenge to try and ups, upset him um, I could maybe try and get in front a little bit as the ball's in flight so that I can just go and take it um, but to just stand behind him, let him bring it down, and then pick up, pick a pass, was yeah. uh, the wrong way to go. You're asking for it, aren't you? By doing that, I mean, Sam in Manchester City now, bang on course. I mean, Kyle Walker wouldn't admit it, 
uh, post-match to me, but he knows it. They are. They're on course for their fifth title in six years. Yeah. In terms of outcomes, is it becoming harder to argue that the Premier League isn't going into the same kind of territory, if you like, as the Bundesliga or Liga, whereby one club dominates? Um, fifth title in six years? Yeah, I think there's an argument to be had that that is something that people will be troubled by. But we also have this remarkably competitive Premier League that has so many different twists and intrigues in it. Winning the league is one thing, qualifying for the Champions League is another, getting relegated is another. All of them have sub-stories, subplots that make it as equally compelling, which makes it equally as valuable around the world. The boats that get risen in the high tides are all the teams. Liverpool have pushed City before. They've had a sleep this season. They'll be back next year. Um, uh, Chelsea, you're, we're surprised and we'll see them coming. Newcastle will arrive on the scene at some point, but I don't think they'll do what you think they'll do. I think they're more likely to do what Martin suggests they'll do is maybe have a slightly more difficult season next year. If they achieve top four again next season, I think it will be remarkable and then they'll really launch off that. I'm sure we But again, I think, I know, I don't, yeah, you're going to get there. Absolutely. I'm happy mm. to do it. I'm happy to do it. For I, lost, I lost my bet. Okay. Um, but insofar as Man City are concerned, no, I don't worry about this this idea because I do believe that the league is so competitive and if they win the league this year against a side that's going through a transition from being a club that's been slightly asleep for a few years to a club that's beginning to compete, if they supplement Arteta and they buy into the vision that he's given them now, which is, I need a little bit more and there's good reason for you to give it to me. So if he gets a couple of hundred million pounds, which is vast amounts of money, but not beyond the gift of Arsenal to be able to provide for him, then he closes the gap. If they if they win the league this year, in a side that Arsenal that's perhaps not ready to be champions yet, they're not, not quite ready to be it, they'll be more ready next year. If they win it by four years, four points, in a season where Liverpool haven't been competitive, Chelsea have been away with themselves, God knows what Spurs are, United are rebuilding, and then I don't see this dynasty. I don't see it. But even if it is... But the league itself still has this remarkable set of backstories. Oh, so totally. I don't think we have to worry about it becoming like what Germany has become yes. or what like Spain has become yeah. because yeah. we've got so many other subsets of the stories to have. Simon's nailed it there. The number of backstories in, the, in, the, in this season alone in the Premier League, they've been so numerous you, you can hardly remember all of them. I mean, it's, it's fabulous that, Martin. It's been astonishing to see Chelsea capitulate as a football club and striving for greatness and actually what was there wasn't that bad in the first place. I, I think it's uh, it stems from the quality of our managers, Jim. I think Pep Guardiola now is head, head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, tactically, he's quite remarkable. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I just see, I mean, we know Klopp will come back. Yeah. We have another, and we're attracting the very best. And I think Arteta is... Look, I know he's for, for for a long time he's been the, he's been the apprentice, but I think he's learning quickly, and he will learn from those mistakes the other night, uh, and move on. But Pep is the master, and uh, you know I, I did sort of intimate to him the other night. Could you take a rest and step aside because it's getting you know as long as he's around, City will win things. When he decides to hang up, he's twenty seven major trophies now. He's three away from he can get this year thirty. It's incredible what he's able to do. He's the one. He's the catalyst. He keeps. With every group, Jim, yeah. he reinvents. It was Messi at Barcelona he invented that, then he inherited it. Oh yeah. Now he's got Haaland. Yeah. He is almost the, the kind of the new Messi. The effect he's having, it's incredible to where behold were, and watch. I must were, admit, Simon, I watched Pep more than I watched the game the other night. Where you uh, where you cannot deny uh, Guardiola and that observations that Martins make is he just makes players better. Wherever he gets, you can make the argument: could he go down to Cooley Town and do it? He probably could because he'd make the players at that level better. He makes players better. He does things with players that a lot of coaches... We watched Conti. As much as I advocated for Conti going into Tottenham, it was the Conti yeah. I had in my mind's eye. He yeah. doesn't make players better. Look at the players at Grealish. You know, talented, no doubt. 
now a team player that works in a different way and, and is prepared to do things that Grealish would never have been prepared That's to another do. another U-turn you know what? Do. He, not, yeah. no, I'm not. I mean, Grealish is a talented player. Never said he wasn't. I mean, is, is he an irritant? Yeah, he's an irritant. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Sheffield United fans, Simon, as we know, eagerly looking forward to Premier League football next season after promotion was secured this week. But in the boardroom, in the boardroom, doubts remain as to who's going to be the owner come the first day of the new season. A prospective takeover by this Nigerian businessman, Doze Mbose, is said to be on the verge of collapse, with reports suggesting that he has in actual fact helped finance the club to stay afloat during the season that we've just enjoyed. So what is this story? And what's likely to happen? Last night, um, I got myself in a cabin, went up the road to Park Lane and sat down and spoke exclusively with the current owner, the Saudi owner, Prince Abdullah, who gave me his version of events. He began by describing his overriding emotion and joy at the club's securing promotion. I'm really happy, one of the happiest days of my life. I'm proud of uh, the city, I'm proud of the fans, I'm proud of the team, of the coaching staff of all the staff that work in, in, in the club. They put a, a, all their like heart, their time, their uh, their passion. So you could, we could have not achieved this promotion without everybody's contribution. And Paul Heckenbottom, what a job. Oh my God, Paul, I mean, uh, did a great job. Since he took over, I don't think any coach has better, any manager has a better record. And we could have been promoted last year and uh, saved a lot of the suffering, but we had that heart-breaking penalty loss. But uh, I'm very proud of him and hopefully he's the right man to lead the, the, the club to the, the future. You have been the owner of Sheffield United since about 2013. Yes. Are you still going to be the owner when this new season kicks off in the Premier League? I think uh, the last two years has been really stressful, not to myself, but also to my family, to my daughters, to my sons. Living like uh, game by game, result by result, it really takes a lot out of you. And uh, I feel tired, I feel exhausted, I feel burned out. I feel that I need to I, I need to get a break. I, I told you, and I we're on record now, and people in the future may hear this. If I get out of Sheffield United, and even in the future by another club, I will always be a Sheffield United fan. You can count on that. They, it, it got in my heart now. But that sounds like to me that you're going. You've made up your mind you're going to sell, and you're going to sell soon. Yeah, I think this is my intention. Uh, it's not, nothing is guaranteed. I'm not going to sell it to anybody, or I care about who owns the club next because... Uh, the most important decision in any club is not the hiring the right manager or bringing the right players. It starts from top. If the owner is a bad owner, it can drive everything eventually to the ground. Even if you have... I don't, I don't want to talk about the other clubs, but people can like, see for themselves. So, yeah, I, I, my intention is to sell, uh, but you, it's not guaranteed yet. Is the takeover by this man, Jose Mboise, is that off? I can't say it's off, but I think maybe now it's unlikely, but everything is open. But uh, I can't comment more than that, but I think the next two, three weeks, if we reach a decision, I'd like it to be before the preparation for next year start. It can't be like in July, August, because then it will affect the team next year. It has to be done now. If we're in the club, people bet we're going to manage it as best as we can. We never made a decision just to save money. Remember last year when we, the coach, we would change managers. Many people accused us of not understanding anything, trying to save money. It wasn't time proof that uh, we stood by the team. We made some tough decisions. I mean, people talk about embargo. 
and the embargo was because of one, one million or two million late. But they don't realize that we had to put for over 40 million in the club uh, or we would have been forced to, to, to make, uh, like, sell more players. And I don't think, honestly, we would have been promoted if we sold our best players. Did this man, Dozie Mboise, put money into the club to keep the club afloat that he now wants back? No, I mean, uh, I, I can't talk a lot, but I can tell you this. The only reason we thought about selling the club in November and in, in, in December is because the club needed money. You know, I think we were uh, second in the table by more than uh, even then. So the, the only, and everybody knew we were negotiating with many people that we only, uh, because we did not want to sell players in January and we wanted somebody who invested in the club. I can't comment more than that, but... Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the reason I ask if the takeover regarding him is off, you owe him money, don't you? No, I don't, this is not accurate, but I can't. I, 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 don't, I don't want to, to talk about that. Mr. Dozi is a good man, uh, and uh, I hope, hopefully, uh, he will be successful in whatever he does in the future. But uh, I, we don't owe anybody any money. So let's break it down then. You're keen to sell, you will sell, and there are other parties who are interested. Yes, there, there are other parties that are interested. Uh, I would rather do something in the next four weeks or, or do nothing. But, you know, these things are, you, they never know as expected. They never go as, as you expect. And there are always some complications here and there. The most important thing that we are now in the Premier League, we're happy, it's a dream. Like, you know, like you can have all the money in the world, but can, how can you have a, a night like yesterday in Sheffield share it with the fans, share it with the players, see the people faces, see the, the small kids, the, the young Sheffield United faces, how proud, how happy. That has no, no value. Can you assure those fans who are listening that whoever you sell to, they will be good people, they'll be responsible owners, and you'll make sure of that? I can make sure that we will do our due diligence right this time. You cannot guarantee anything because, you know, good people is not enough. Managing a, a company or uh, it's not like managing club because it comes with pressure. It comes with the, the pressure of results of uh, we will try to do our best. We will play it's the right decision because even when I said the club, I can promise you I'll be Sheffield United fan. I'll be attending some games in, in Bramalane and, and uh, you want the best for the club. But can you guarantee that? Nobody can guarantee that just because it's very difficult. I, I, you know, I don't like to give empty promises or just say the right things to please people. I say what I think. And you say to us, because I think you like the show and you, and you, and you admire someone like Simon Jordan, who, like you, has also owned a football club. I haven't met him before, but I really respect him. And I like him because he is the rare breed that knows football from every side. Very easy to talk when you haven't owned the club, when you haven't faced the pressures. When you come inside, it's a totally different game. I was a fan. I used to be exactly like every other fan. But when you own a club, when you work in football for 30 years, you understand the other part of it. It's not always rosy. It's not always black and white. There are a lot of gray areas. You can't defend yourself. You can't explain yourself to every fan. Like I got some really nice, some Instagram and some Twitter messages from many fans yesterday. Every message of them means the world. But I also, I, some of the messages I don't understand. I got some fan cursing at me yesterday. <laughs> and I was going to tell him, can you just not do it today? Can you wait like two days? Can you just say thank you for today? And, and you know what, believe you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you just want to enjoy the moment. Yeah, I know. And, and if you want to curse at me, just wait another day, please. 
That was uh, Sheffield United owner Prince Abdullah uh, up in Park Lane last night with me. I mean, Simon, some of that no doubt will resonate with you, that when you become an owner, sure, you're still a fan, but a heck of yeah, a lot more than that. It's what goes with the territory, isn't it? And it changes the dimension of things, but it is what it is. He's in a nice position now. Um, he, But the thing for him is, some would say, why would you go now? You're, you're in the Premier League, because he's been there. He's he's done it. He's been there before with Sheffield United. He took over the ownership from Kevin McCabe in slightly contentious circumstances where there was a dispute about the contractual obligations they had between one another, which he um, came through and owned the club. He's been in the Premier League with him. He knows what it feels like. He knows it's going to be a struggle for Sheffield United. He knows it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So if he's lost his luster or lost his mojo about it and he's tired and worn out by it and there's an opportunity to sell it, I, you know, I don't blame him. Mm. Um, now that know, they're promoted, there shouldn't be an issue, should there? Well, there won't be an issue economically. I don't quite understand his logic um, about being an embargo for a million quid or a couple of million quid. It was only a couple of million quid. If it's only a couple of million quid, why go under the embargo? If you put 40 million quid in a football club, you might as well put 42. With all due respect, I'm not taking away the the, the reality of what 42 million is. But the point is, why would you want an embargo? The, the backstory to it. Look, they will they will be fine. Sheffield United will be fine economically because they've cleared that deck. And it just shows you that irrespective of what's going on inside boardrooms and what the background noise is around things, if players and managers decide to focus on their jobs, then other things are relatively incidental. They're back in the Premier League. Someone will buy them. Um, I did say to you yesterday that I felt that a deal that was on the table um, um, with the Nigerian fella yeah. had some some problems with it, whether the ultimate representations of who was buying the football club, where the money was coming from, were, were slightly troublesome for the EFL. And might then become troublesome from the Premier League because not only have you got to pass the EFL's compliance test, now you've got to pass the Premier League's test because they're a Premier League football club now. All of those things don't look like they're going to come to a conclusion. And I would wager they probably don't. And I didn't think they would because it would have been done some time ago. But if, he's, if he has to be quite advanced in the discussion because we've sat here and we know how long it takes to take over a football club. Whether well, people like it or they don't like it, it takes right. a period of time. Jesus. So he must have another buyer, another rider ready to go, otherwise he's not going to be in a position to change hands with a new ownership model before the season starts. To look back at what he's done, though, to, to achieve this uh, promotion straight away, it, he's held on to the important players, hasn't he? So you're looking at the core group yeah, he's just of Bernie and Norwood and Egan and Fleck and Basham. Um, I think they've done well in the transfer market, Jim, as well, with the loan players they took from Man City. So they've had that I think little Paul Heckenbottom is the man yeah. that takes a lot and, of credit. Yeah, they just, and his assistant, Stuart McCall. I mean, it's been an mm. amazing effort to... Uh, to get straight back up. Yeah. Does it, does it come back to you, Simon, some of, the, some of the things he said? I mean, he sat there yesterday and said, I have loved it. You know, the fans, you you, were, you, you had yeah. a great relationship with Palace yeah, fans. Yeah, of course I did. He yeah. has with Sheffield United fans. But he's like, you get to a point. Well, you do, because you can't fail to, because you get disappointed by those that you don't think should disappoint you. You don't mind fighting with the enemy. You don't mind fighting against the teams that you need to beat. You don't need to fight against your opposition. You don't really want to fight with your own. You don't want to spend your whole time locked in conflicts with people that work with you and for you and are there because of you, ultimately, and then fight battles with them. You don't want to fight with the people that are supposed to govern the game and look after your best interests and find yourself in endless conflicts with the FA or the Football League because of the ridiculous, archaic, antiquated ways of looking at things. You don't want all that. And, of course, when you win, what happens? And Martin made a, a sort of uh, a, a sly observation, but it's not far wrong, you know, because when you get promoted, the first thing you get is a series of bills. I literally got on a got promoted, flew back... Um, to London <laughs> as I was flying over Chelsea's ground Theo Pafita was with me goes look at that I said I don't worry about that I'll see it next season right. landed <laughs> landed at London full of the joys of spring sit down on the step at the Grosvenor and I'm getting bombarded with agents and players telling me I've got new clauses on my contract and before I'd even sat down 30% of the money from the Premier League had gone in player bonuses 
So people don't factor that into their thinking because you think, well, I haven't, I haven't got a chance to actually enjoy this moment because 30%'s gone. That's before I've even started to buy new players, increase the wage bill. And so, but they, listen, those are better choices to have. And yeah, you've got to enjoy those moments. But he's done it. He's been there. He knows that Sheffield United going into the Premier League is not going to be good enough with 110 million with Premier League money. He knows he's likely to face Premier League in a difficult season next year for Sheffield. They might get relegated again. And if you've been there and you can get out now and you can get top dollar for it, it makes sense. We'll keep, we'll keep across it because he's uh, earned that right, by the way. Your 100% essential download, Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back on Monday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.